I've got to remember to not hit my desk as well. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody was like, I watched the first one and it made me motion sick because I just keep, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm just like whacking my desk. Right, it's a laptop, right? Is that why? It is a laptop and it's yeah. on, I'm on like a standing desk with like a big uh, okay. wobbly plinth. There's no, with a laptop, there's just no way. Like the, the, the monitor is just always going to be a little bit detached. I'll try and like not, not hit. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, and welcome to the Standard Notes podcast. My name is Adam, and just like you, I'm a member of the Standard Notes community. Standard Notes is the end-to-end encrypted note-taking app that keeps all of your stuff safe. Mo from Standard Notes is here again, and we're going behind the scenes to find out what the Standard Notes team has been working on, and we'll also field a few questions from the community too. Now, they say that money makes the world go round, and although you might not think it right away, funding is really important when it comes to the tools that you use. Standard Notes is an independent company, quite proudly so, 100% funded by you, our customers. Mo, I feel like we should probably start by chatting about open source as a bit of an, an ethos. Standard Notes is open source. Why do you think that works so well? So open source is a interesting word or two words and we actually have a little bit to say here and especially recent developments when the common person thinks of the word open source they just take these two words at face value and say okay what does open source mean the code is open space source it's it's up there on github it's open for everyone to see but that's not actually what open source means open source is actually a proper noun you you can't use it unless you you meet very specific conditions these conditions being that you have to use in open source compliant license and these licenses are finite and the most popular ones are like MIT or GPL licenses and what that means is that you have to allow anyone to essentially do whatever they want with your code, including for-profit commercial entities who may, they could do whatever they want. They could start a new company with your code and not give you anything back. And then someone with a bigger marketing budget than us starts, you know, uh, unstandard notes or something, and and they could do that. They could also, a a company with 10,000 people could deploy standard notes internally uh, for all their sort of uh, employees and not have to pay standard notes anything. So that's what standard, uh, that's what open source means, and that is what is known as a copy left license. So it's sort of the opposite of copyright. Copyright is just this very strict thing, and copy left is just by its very name just tells you that whatever copyright is, we're, we're going to be the opposite. So it's a very very specific fundamental thing. Initially. So this is very early, like when our when our website was just like plain text, it almost read like a readme file. We would say, you know, Sandy Notes is an open source end-to-end encrypted note-taking app. But we didn't really dabble in licenses just yet. I was like, well, we're open source. It's right there. It's on GitHub. Like, we're not lying. Like, uh, what else is there to it? And it turns out there's a lot more to it. And so that's when I, we started hearing from essentially more experienced people with regards to sort of the legal, the, the legal aspect. And they're like, well, actually, if you use the term open source, you have to use one of these licenses. So I'm like, okay, 
so I looked into the licenses and, you know, you had your pick of options. You had M- MIT. MIT is essentially just do whatever the F you want sort of license. And, and do whatever the F you want is actually a, a license that people use. I, I guess that's open source compliant. Uh, but MIT license is essentially that. Then you have the AGPL license. And somewhat similar to MIT in that you can do whatever you want with this code. You can redistribute it. You can recommercialize it. You can deploy it in your team of 100,000 people and not pay a single dime. But the one caveat is that if you make a change to the source code and you're using the source code in a server environment, then you have to make that your changes open source as well using the same license. And so it's a little bit more restrictive in that that deters some large corporations who really don't like the AGPL license because they don't like to open source code at all. And so that's the one we went with because I don't have a soft spot for uh, large for-profit corporations using our software without giving anything back. What I do have a soft spot for is the individual, the, the person um, to self-host, to to have freedom in how they use our software and, and to not be locked in by us and, and to not re- have to use a third-party server, to use our servers for your data, to be able to use your own server. To me, I, I, that's I'm very passionate about that. But I don't have any particular passion for for-profit corporations using our code without giving anything back. But nonetheless, we said that, well, look, if if calling ourselves open source means that Apple could host standard notes internally for 100,000 employees and not give us a dime, and another peep set of people can come in, take our code, recommercialize it, rebrand it, create a new note-taking app, and raise $10 million, put it all in marketing, and overtake us, if that's what open source means, and that's what we have to accept, then we'll accept it. So we had the AGPL license for a long time, and it, it seems like we're going down to the history of open source instead of your actual question, which is what are the benefits of open source? But I, I just want to be clear about what we're talking about when we say open source. Because what I think you're asking is, what you're not really asking about, you know, hey, Senator knows you have an, uh, a really permissive copyleft license called AGPL that allows corporations to use. You know, you're asking me, like, your code is open for everyone to see. People can self-host it. What does that mean for your company? And I agree that, that that's what what we want. That's what I, I would want open source to mean, what you would think open source to mean. So increasingly, this, this, sort of, this sort of definition of open source really doesn't sit well with a lot of people who, who create the software. They're always a little bit anxious. Like, I'll be honest with you. If somebody came in tomorrow, took our code and recommercialized it and, and, and just had a, a crap ton of money to spend on marketing, which we don't have, we're awful at marketing. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first person to say that. Yeah, I would be devastated. Like, this is mine and the rest of our team's life's work, I would absolutely be devastated. It's not something that I, I'd want to live with. Why would I, you know, you, you got this one shot at just building the project of your dreams. And just so that you can call yourself the capital uppercase open source, 
and appease who? I, I don't know who, who we're appeasing with that definition, with that specific definition. So recently, as of last week, um, so, someone on, our, on, on GitHub, so we were using AGPL license, but what, what I thought we could do is what I really wanted was AGPL for our high-level client code, like our uh, desktop mobile web app, but no specific license on the internal sort of low-level libraries. It turns out you really can't do that. This was a, a sort of new understanding for me. And at that point, I took the time to really think about where we wanted to head from here. And I... I, I I could no longer really in good conscience continue on living with the fear that someone might overtake our work in one day and, and, and destroy everything we set out to create. What I was, what I've always been interested in again is the openness of the code for everyone to see and also the personal freedom for you to deploy and use and manipulate standard nodes in whatever you, way you want for your own personal gain or environment. That to me is fundamental. That's very important to me. And th so the question is, well, what is that? What is that called? And really, you're not left with a lot of options. Uh, the alternative to open source is what is called public source. Public source means what what everyone thinks open source means. Public source means the code is the code is open for you to see, but there are no permissions granted necessarily. Now, what you can do is public source, but with a license that does permit personal freedoms but not commercial freedoms. And that's something I think that works very well for us. We want you to see our code. We want you to see what we're doing. We want you to be able to verify our claims of encryption. And we want you to be able to do what you want with the code in, in a personal environment. So that's where we are and, and really have always been fundamentally. And so what we've done now is changed our license from AGPL to a Creative Commons license, which Creative Commons is, is typically used for music and sort of media and art, can be used for software, but what it does is it, it permisses personal freedom, the ability for you to remix the work for your personal use case to self-host, just do whatever the F you want for yourself, for your family, whatever, for your friends. Don't go remonetizing our work that's crazy to me like that's that that'll kill us so what was your question i, I don't know if i answered that, that i, I think, I think you did i did so the question was you know open source as an ethos kind of what is that i think you're right i think you know when i think of open source to me that just means your source code is on github and i can take a look if i want to but obviously that's that's not necessarily what it means we spoke last episode about collaboration and Standard Notes currently building this tool that allows multiple people to collaborate on notes. Is that something that in the future you're going to gun towards business use? Is that is that a way of attempting to kind of break down that door? 
Yeah, that's a good observation, actually. And and that did affect the way I thought about it this time around, is that as Standard Notes becomes more collaborative, it, be, it, it opens up a whole new use case amongst teams who want to share secrets, documents, files. So with that use case and, and Standard Notes becoming much more valuable, it just becomes so much more scary to think that any company who otherwise has the funds, has ample funds to support our little project here, um, would just evade paying forever because we are some, I don't want to say open source hippies, but you know, it's very selfless. It's a very selfless act to be open source in the strict definition. You gain nothing from it except, of course, goodwill. And that's valuable. Goodwill, is, it's definitely not worth nothing. But, you know, a company like Apple paying us is worth a little bit more than the goodwill, perhaps, that comes. So, yeah, I would say collaboration is definitely something we have to be that we're aware of and how we could sort of commercialize that. And that's not why we're building collaboration. I think collaboration, it seems like a detour. But once you start to fiddle with it, you start to see how actually fundamental it is and how useful it is. One of my biggest pain points in Santa Notes is when I need to share something with someone else. Now, there's two forms of collaboration. There is the sort where you share a public link to someone who may not have a Santa Notes account. That's very useful. But then there's the form where you're collaborating with someone with a Santa Notes account. Uh, these are very different features, and we had to choose which one to build first. And initially, when I had started designing this and in, in sort of whiteboarding what how we would build this, because this is a sort of feature where you don't know where to start. It's just so huge, and it's so daunting that we just put it off indefinitely. And we initially... Initially, I said, okay, look, we got to build one of these. Like, I'm first of all, I'm itching to build something like crazy. Like, I want to, I want to do something crazy because you, you don't want to just keep maintaining for the rest of your life. Like, let's, you, we're here once. Let's, let's build something crazy. Let's do the craziest thing we possibly can. And um, so we finally said, all right, effort collaboration. Like, let's do it. And it started out first that we were the easier of the two is just sharing a public link because that's one way you don't have you just send a public link and and you don't have to anticipate changes from the other person so we started doing that and built that out made some good progress and i, I reached a point in in the code where so the link sharing was essentially working and i'm like hmm, interesting what if when you shared a link with someone and you shared a note they could type in the note and, and edit the note. And I'm like, okay, let's see what, would, what it would take to do that. So I started fiddling around. I was like, okay, interesting. Well, what if they want to share multiple notes? I was like, okay. So I started fiddling around and you created a group of notes that you can share. I was like, okay, what if the note has files in it? I'm like, hmm. And then you, you started going down that. It's like, well, wait a minute. It, I'm just building collaboration, like account to account collaboration here, sharing multiple notes, files, groups, tags. And I'm like, all right, you know what? We're building like account to account collaboration, multi-person collaboration. So we scrapped that whole thing and, and pivoted towards actual account collaboration. And we're still a far way out. I don't want to give any 
hopes and promises here of where we are. It's very, very big, difficult feature and, and infrastructure required to support it and, and all this. So we, we may be, I don't know, we may be a decade, I don't want to say a decade. I, I want to set expectations really far into the future just so that when we like sort of under promise over deliver, you, you get pleasantly surprised. But yeah, I don't know. We're working on it every single day. It's, it's, it's really big. It's really difficult, but it's, it's definitely promising. It's at the point where at least I'm pretty certain we'll ship it. I hope that something doesn't change where we're like, oh, we can't actually ship this. This is just, uh, that could happen. That could absolutely happen. And that does happen in software companies a lot. But yeah, that's a story behind uh, collaboration. And I guess this is the, the million dollar question, which is how is Standard Notes funded then? So if we're not gunning for big companies that have sort of tens of thousands of employees and, and starting them up and we're gunning for individuals, but individuals can download and use Standard Notes for absolutely nothing, how, uh, how are you making money? How, uh, how are you paying Memo? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a free plan, and of course, you can upgrade for more features. Now, if you are techie and you know how to download source code and compile it and run it on your uh, local server, yeah, you don't have to pay. But there's not a lot of people that do that relative to just normal people who just want something that works out of the box. Most people, and, and we count on this fact, most people want something that just works out of the box. They don't want to configure a server. They don't want to compile. They don't. We don't want to do that. Who wants to sit there working with DevOps and compiling and uh, working on a command line all day? Uh, it's not fun. And so we solve that problem, and you, you pay us for for us to solve that problem for you. And so we're funded by our users who who subscribe to our paid plan. So for free, you can get unlimited notes. Unlimited devices, there's no device cap. You could use it on your iPad, your Mac, your Windows, Linux, iPhone, Android. You can sign in on 10 devices at a time. We'll let you sync an unlimited number of notes, tags. And that's enough for a lot of people. Unfortunately, it's more than enough for a lot of people. So you have to find the balance of, well, how do you, you don't want them to be too comfortable because no one will contribute back. Everyone will just be like, oh, this is free. This is great. And then Santa Claus disappears because no one's footing the bill. And so the balance we've struck is that, well, one, of course, is that if you want files, if you want to be able to upload your images and your videos and your audio and your documents, um, that of course costs uh, a, a lot of money for us relative to like text space in, in a database. So if you want to work with files in standard notes and embed them in your notes and create like fancy documents, um, that requires one of the paid plans. And if you, so the, the free plan also gives you plain text out of the box, but if you want to work with markdown and rich text and, and, and fancy, my favorite of course is a super note type or editor, you know, bulleted list, checklists, outlining, all these things, spreadsheets, authenticator, um, also part of the paid plan. So those are usually the two big things. And there's some other features that require paid plan, like the daily notebook, feature folders, nested folders. So that that's what drives our revenue. And yeah, I mean, we, you know, it's crazy to think that, you know, when we started, it wasn't we really back then, but when I started in, in 2016, it, there, there's a meme trend on Twitter 
or X where, you, you know, you say it's like, if you have a fave icon, you've launched too late. If you have a sitemap, you've launched too late. So people take this really minimal approach to launching products where if you have a privacy policy, you've launched too late. Just launch what you have. And to some sense, in some degree, there's truth to that, where you don't want to invest a lot of time in the administrative aspects of your product before you even know if anyone's really interested in the product. The problem, of course, is that if you do end up building a product that people want, you're going to start having to catch up on all those things. And for us, yeah, we launched without really a paid plan, I think, initially. But almost two, three months later, it's like, oh, wow, this is actually something people want. And we really quickly introduced a paid plan. And, you know, it was dirt cheap. And I remember, I remember there was a time where I don't know where I was. I feel like I was traveling maybe with my wife and I was in a hotel and this was very early on. And back then it's like you were at the mercy of the daily sort of payment reports. Like I would open up Stripe and see, did, did anyone buy like, and I just remember, yeah, so many days you just wake up and, and you just see zeros and I'm like, and it's so defeating and it's, and it's, you know, and at some point, I don't know what changed. Obviously we kept improving the product, and then the numbers just started, we don't see zero anymore, you know? And it's like, where did that start? You know, what was the day that we went from zero to non-zero? It's like, it's somewhere in the gaps. So it's amazing to see, even now, it's like, there are patterns to sales. There are patterns to visitors in our traffic. And it's like, who is who are the gods that are are making this consistent? Like, how is it that every day that our traffic to our website is almost the same? How is it that our our revenues is very like similar day to day? It's like, how are there patterns to global human behavior as interpreted by the standing notes ecosystem? That's something I don't understand. And so yeah, fast forward today, you know, we're, we're doing really well and. The great thing, obviously, is that well, the great thing for us, but also for you, is that it's a subscription. And a subscription means that we don't have to hustle every single month to keep finding new and new users. We can be happy with what we have. And that allows us to focus on working on the product. Uh, and that's very tangible for us. We, we, we spend almost 99% of our time just working on the product. Whereas I think if we didn't have subscription, we'd just be hustling every single month. It's like, well, we need to get more new users in the door. That would be very distracting and would change the nature of our product, I think, for the worse. And so, yeah, today, you know, I have this, I really want to be like transparent with our like numbers and everything. And I go back and forth on that because on the one hand, it's, it's like a weight off your shoulder. It's like, well, if we can just open up about our revenue and and our user numbers and all these things, I love that idea of of transparency. And well, one, it's something that I, I would just feel great about opening up about, but also it's great goodwill and it's great sort of there's no such thing as too much transparency. The problem is that none of our competitors do. None of our none of none of the people in our space open up about their numbers. And the risk about opening up about your numbers is that it empowers, it may empower your competitors to be like, 
hmm, Sentinels is doing this much? Wow, we're doing half of that. Now that I know it's possible, we're going to start doubling our efforts. And that's a very real phenomenon. Like, I've watched some documentary on Netflix many, many years ago about rock climbing or, or mountain climbing. In the 50s, like, you couldn't climb this one face of a mountain in, in three hours. And then somebody did it in two hours. And then once someone found out you could do it in two hours, someone did it in one hour. Once yeah, you keep going down, it's like, it's the same thing with running, I think. At some point in history, the four minute mile was unheard of. And then somebody did it, and then it just became very common. And so that's the risk with publicizing your your traction is that it may incentivize other people to uh, one-up you. And yeah, t- to me, that's the biggest downside uh, of publicizing. And I think why most people don't. I don't know if they thought about it that much. Most people really don't have an interest in transparency. Like the code is just closed source. Everything's closed about them. And they have a great product. Good for them. For us, we, we do have a, a particular interest in transparency. And the, the question is, where do you draw that line? And yeah, for us, um, I, I think it would be unfair to us if we were the only one publishing our numbers. I, I think it would be good publicity, I think, of course. And maybe that offsets any negativity. Uh, but I don't know. But needless to say, we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're doing great. We're, I mean, the question of, I'm asking myself my own questions here, but I, I think it, 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 it'll be interesting to know uh, for the people listening, essentially, it's like, well, what, what are our goals? What are we trying to do? We're here. Well, do we want to stay here? Are we trying to become a $100 million company? Do we want to? Do I want a Lamborghini? The second one, at least. No, I'm kidding. So th- these are things that, of course, I've had to think about. In that, what, 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 why am I doing this? Like, what is my interest? And I waver on this. Um, I've wavered on this. I should say, I've, I've, I've found some stable ground in recent years. Yeah, and initially, you, you almost only feel validated by money. It's like, it, it will, if I'm not making millions and, and tens of millions of dollars. Am I even doing anything? And we've had opportunities in the past few years to to change our course drastically, I would say, but it would have meant giving up our independence. And it's very tempting because, of course, freedom and independence is not something you notice until it's gone. When you have it, you, it's like air. It's like, you're not thankful for it. I'm not thankful that I have all this air that I can breathe. I don't even think about it. But if you were to deprive me of air and put a plastic bag over my head, it's all I would want. And I know that feeling all too well because I've been in, in, in positions where I've lost that freedom and it's all I wanted. And it's why I started Standard Notes is to gain that freedom. And now that I have it, I don't think about it anymore. It's It's and you're willing, it's, your, your brain is, is seemingly willing to sell it, sell that freedom or to, to jeopardize it uh, because it thinks it wants more material wealth or something. And look, I'm not going to lie, I was tempted, but I didn't. And because ultimately I went back to my experiences of having lost that freedom and knowing how valuable that was, knowing that I'm the type of person that I don't, I don't, I couldn't, my life wouldn't change if I made tens of millions of dollars all of a sudden. 
I, I don't want for anything more than I have. And I don't necessarily, I have a, you know, I just like tech, fancy tech, maybe a little bit, but other than that, I'm good. And so it's like, you know, imagine, imagine someone came to us and said, you know, imagine a VC came to us. Well, imagine a company came to us and said, we'll buy Standard Notes for $30 million. Well, $30 million is a lot of money and a life-changing amount of money, but life-changing in what direction and in, in, in what purpose? Because the only thing that gives me happiness is waking up every day and having something I'm passionate about and having something, having a problem to solve, having something to work on. I have been in times where I have made no money, but I enjoyed what I was working on. And that is when I'm happiest. My, my most miserable times are when I just have nothing to do. And I, I, I obviously feel that a lot when I was working with four others. There's a lot of times where you're just not incentivized or motivated to do anything. And, and it just feels empty because you don't have a purpose. For me, my purpose is just that my best days are when I wake up and I go and I sit down on a computer and I have a fun programming challenge to solve or a bug or a refactor or something. For me, if I could do that every day for the rest of my life, I don't need anything else. And, and I'm, I'm being dead serious. Like this is the truth. That's, that's the only real thing because look, somebody gives you $30 million. Okay. Well, imagine your life now, but with $30 million in a bank account, what's that really going to do for your, for you mentally? If anything, it's just going to erode your sanity a little bit. Ultimately the days are long and you need to be occupied. You need to be, uh, your, your hands need to be occupied. Your brain needs to be stimulated. And the only thing that does that is working on something you're passionate about. And no amount of money changes that. In fact, money may sort of erode your sense of passion if you're not careful. So this is where we are today, which is if you ask me where is Notes headed, what are your goals? Do you want to sell? Do you want to raise money? Uh, I've been there and I've had to face these questions. And the answer always came back to, as tempting as it was, it always came came back to if I lose my freedom then I won't have any interest in, in working. And if I lose interest in working, I'm miserable. And for better or for worse, I'm very selfish in that regard in that I will make decisions for Standard Notes based on what I want to be doing every day. And luckily for, for the users out there, what I want to be doing every day is what you want me to be doing every day, which is just having a great time just building this product, which it hasn't gotten old. And now we are building ever greater features and it just gets more and more fun and exciting. So, yeah, I hope that sort of paints a picture of a little bit of the past and a little bit about what a, what any future could look like for us. Yeah, definitely. I'm so glad you said that as well. I think that's probably going to bring comfort to a lot of people that use standard notes on a daily basis. This idea that it's kind of not going anywhere anytime soon. I think about uh, I think about companies like Google, you know, they turn over billions of dollars a year. Uh, and there's this thing you might have seen at the Google graveyard products yeah. that they've sort of buried because they don't make enough money. The latest one is kind of Google domains mm -hmm. turned over a ridiculous amount of money, very profitable, but is not really in the business of, I guess, buying and selling user data. And so they've they've decided to can that, uh, and and have given that business now to Squarespace, a company right. that you you might not have ever signed up for as a as a user. Right. Yeah. So it's yes, it's reassuring to know that the the long term plan, Standard Notes, is is here to stay. 
that yeah that's that's definitely the the goal and you know i i was someone who thought of myself prior to standard notes i thought of myself as someone who couldn't stick to one thing like project wise and i think a lot of like coders are feel like that they're just always jumping from idea to idea registering new domains every day so i i'm i'm pretty surprised to find myself here uh, and it, it turns out the reason i was so flaky on previous projects was just because they weren't interesting enough or they weren't serious enough and it wasn't necessarily something to do with myself as a person it was just the project but i i, I do think well i don't want to get into the morbid in terms of like well what happens if one of us perishes but you know short of that i think we'll be here Nice, nice. Uh, I think that's it for today. So thank you so much for listening or watching. Remember, if you've got a question for us, Discord is the place to ask. You can join literally thousands of other Standard Notes users there. If you've never heard of us, check us out. Standard Notes is the end-to-end -end encrypted note-taking app that keeps all of your stuff safe. You can download it, try it for free, and you can upgrade uh, and unlock the full potential, tons of powerful extra features. Uh, and as we've learned, you power Standard Notes. Standardnotes.com is the place to try it. I've been Adam, he's been Mo, and until next time, think fearlessly.